the honest to goodness truth is, what do we have to lose by having that conversation with funders right now? You know, your agenda actually doesn't serve our people. And here's what we are hearing from the community right now. And here are the changes we need you to make in order to better serve us. I think we have more to lose by not having it and trying to humbly take the crumbs that are Mm -hmm. falling off the table. Mm -hmm. Because they have to give it right now, basically. Right. Right. And they have to listen because of the power shift that has happened in our community, even if it's short-lived. And I'm not saying it is. We are seeing some major changes taking place. Operating in the now. Meditate, that's how. Bouncing along. Singing a song. Strategy, it had to be. The apprentice of peace. Peace. All right, Sister Tosh, welcome, welcome to the GPS podcast. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome, and it's an honor to have you. As you know, you're like a mentor to me and somebody that really, at the end of the day, put me in a position to be where I'm, what I'm doing now and in, in the space that I'm in now. So thank you. It's so funny. I I don't even feel like I can take credit for that. I feel that we are collaborators working alongside each other and sharpening each other and lifting, keeping each other lifted up in this work. I'm grateful to you and Apprentice of Peace and some more of the partners that we've had in our collective work because you all had no idea that you were keeping me lifted up at a time that was critical for me. So I I share in the gratitude with you in saying thank you. You have been a way shower in my work as well. And thank you for that. As you already know, this topic is strategic planning. Uh, We talk about all things strategy and us being in the nonprofit space, talking about how important it is for nonprofits and just um, especially given everything that's going on right now. So if you uh, don't mind just sharing a little bit about your experience and thoughts on strategic planning. Okay, sure. I have a lot of thoughts about it. I don't know that I am, that I have enough experience. I feel like I'm someone who is a practitioner of sorts and a scientist of sorts and that I, I like to just try things out and see what works. I'm a fan of forethought and planning. And especially in this time where we've had uprisings of all sorts, but stemming from the murder of George Floyd, converging with COVID-19 that has been shining a light on inequities of all sorts. And so I think this is a key time to be thinking strategically about the, the, the new. And I'm hesitant to say new normal, like so many other people have Mm -hmm. been saying, the new normal, the new normal. I'm pretty sure that we have a changed world that we're living in right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I am not feeling certain that we will have an unpredictable, I'm pretty certain that we will have an uncertain and unpredictable next many years ahead of us. And so... Even in uncertainty and unpredictable conditions, 
we can still be strategic. Mm. So I think it's an important time to be um, collaborative and to be, you know, having these, what I like to think of them as like mini think tank sessions Mm -hmm. or brainstorms or visioning sessions, even if it's like, you know, different than it used to look. So maybe it's not happening in a space, in a physical space with other people. Maybe it's happening like it's like this conversation is happening or we're reacting to something that we've all seen televised or on YouTube or something like that. But I think it's an important time to be collaborative. Mm -hmm. And what we know is how to be competitive. Mm. Mm. I think that (laughs) that that old like that. I don't want to call it old, but like that, that is a way that we have been even in nonprofit. And it is a way that people will may continue to act, but the folks who are going to thrive will learn how to be collaborative as if we haven't figured that out. I think our ability to to deepen our collaboration is something we still have in an attempt to leverage collective resources and one of those really important resources that we have right now is the ability to think. Absolutely. And we, you know, we have maybe a little more time. I don't know if that's <laughs> true for everybody because I probably work more now that I'm working from home. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I would concur. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tanoa, are you... Are you finding that to be the case? Yes, ma'am. I I just told Poss earlier, I was like, oh, I'm counting down so when I could shut down this computer and try to walk away. But are we really ever walking away from it? I know. (laughs) And I, so so in terms of strategic planning, you know, our minds are on. We're thinking about things. I'm seeing things online that I have never considered before. There's some emergence of community wealth building that I'm seeing. I think that there's even an ecosystem being built around that. And once Mm. that gets some momentum, that should be pretty cool to watch. Mm -hmm. I think we can learn a lot from that model. I I don't want to get too far away from the original question, but I think there's some really cool innovations coming out of this time, Mm -hmm. which makes it a key time to be thinking about what we want to build. I think we have room to dream bigger and be more creative than we've ever been. Absolutely. And you, you you know, you made a good point about how we are competitive. And I would, I would Mm -hmm. say, or there's a competitive mindset, if you will, within the nonprofit field or industry if you will and a lot of that is fueled to some by the way funders approach funding and kind of create this pool if you will <laughs> of of applicants going after these limited funds how right. how do how do you see foundations and funders playing a part in this collaborative environment that you say that we need Yeah, I think we have a lot more power than we've had. And, you know, I, I was really intentional about that because people like to tell us, you know, you have a lot more power than you think you have. And that is true. But now we know 
we have mm-hmm. a lot more power mm-hmm. than we have either thought we had or than we actually experienced having. And my hope is that funders are in a are feeling receptive to hearing our feedback, that they are really understanding that effective communication is mm. about listening mm. mm-hmm. and that they are ready to really serve by listening and so that they need to make space to hear what it is that we are saying we need. Mm -hmm. And more and more in community, I am hearing some of our partners from anchor institutions in the 80205 community are saying, what do, what are residents saying? What are community members saying that they want and need? Mm -hmm. And they are serious. So it is even, to the, it's more serious, I think, than it. They are more serious about this than they have been in the past. So even if I'm sitting at a table and I'm there to represent community voice, they are saying to me, I need you to go back to community and ask them what it is that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so it, it's, so it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because I've talking to some organizations that have talked about doing stuff in the community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I'm like, so did you talk to the community <laughs> to know if that's what they wanted? Right. And they're like, no, we didn't. And it's like, okay, that's probably, you know, the start, the start right? Yeah. The first place is right. having the conversation. So I think that, that to your point, like that's because that happens so often, right? Where people come in and basically give us <laughs> what they want us to have. Right. And, you know, we fight over it and then exactly. nothing really happens <laughs> at the end of the day. I think exactly. that I think that goes back to like who's on your team, like the com- in the work that we do as nonprofits, like our team, it starts with the community. Like, what are we giving? What do they need? You know, like the assessment of the need. Right. Are we really doing that? And, mm-hmm. when, we, and when we actually take the steps to do it, then we're successful in fulfilling the need. It's not an assumption. Right. It's it's done because I went to, you know, I, I went grassroots and said, hey, right. what is it that you guys are lacking or missing that we can assist you with? Then it's all, it just all goes hand in hand when it goes like down to the funder. Mm-hmm. Right. But it all starts with that audience, mm-hmm. the community. And then right. would you say that? <laughs> would you agree that potentially that answer to what's needed is different based on who's asking the question? Like. Meaning, right. meaning if we ask the question, right, we, we're going to get one response from the community. And if other folks come in, right, and ask the question, they may get a different answer to an extent. And, and, and it could. And yes. And yes, often. And that could be about how that question is framed. Hmm. It's a, and culture and if people feel safe. Mm-hmm. Right we had a conversation in community the other night and, and I had to own where I was coming from. I had an agenda to get through and I only had an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we started talking about needs because I have to go back to anchor partners and say, this is what I heard. Some of the needs are. And so someone named their, someone named their energy bill. They need help with it. And, and part of my answer was like, Okay, so we'll, you know, I gave them some kind of Band-Aid solution. And the lady stopped and said, that's not enough. Mm. 
So let needless to say, because I'm listening, the rest of the conversation was about how do we get access resources for our community right now? And is it okay for Excel or not Excel, but whoever's running the LEAP program to say, oh, you don't qualify. Why Mm. don't they qualify? How can we get them to qualify? What are the barriers that are keeping people from being able to qualify? Mm-hmm. And, how, you know, we and then we start dismantling that. And so it, it was interesting that even I was trying to get through my agenda. And that's what we find often, not all the time, but often in, you know, our funder funding partners is that they have an agenda. And so I think right. going they do to the question. <laughs> The, we have to have an agenda and use the power shift that this, this time is a really interesting time. We do have more power, but not knowing that we have the power is just as bad as not having the power. Mm. Mm. So we have the power now to go to funders and say, you know, your agenda actually doesn't serve our people. And here's what we are hearing from the community right now. Mm -hmm. And here are the changes we need you to make in order to better serve us. It would be, you know, the the honest to goodness truth is, what do we have to lose by having that conversation with funders right now? Nothing. (laughs) I don't think we, I think we have more to lose by not having it and trying to humbly take the crumbs that are mm-hmm. falling off the table. Mm-hmm. Because they have to give it right now, basically. Right. Right. And they have to listen because of the power shift that has happened in our community. Even if it's short-lived, and I'm not saying it is, we are seeing some major changes taking place mm-hmm. in yes. our country right now. Mm-hmm. I think that this is an opportune time to get to ride that wave to equity. Mm. That's really the the destination. No, I would agree. I would agree because even within the strategic planning field and just obviously within the nonprofit and really all across most, if not all businesses, there is a heavy, heavy emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, right. And how it's being approached and how they're looking at anti-racist, you know, policies and all of those things. So, as you said, like there is a huge shift that's happening. We have the power and it's just continuing to push those things and present our agenda as opposed exactly. to the agenda being set for us. Because that's even in that work. My thing is like it's it's hard to not see us in that space of diversity, equity, inclusion, even though white people have their own work to do too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to see us not in that space when it's happening to an extent or leading. Exactly. I don't know. I, I, the little devil's advocate here. Poss knows me, Tosh. I I always be like questioning. I'll be on the fence with stuff, but But we need you. We need you. Cause that's, that's part of strategic. Yeah. Yes. You have to plan for, okay, what do, what would the stakeholders say? What right, would the right. people who really are threatened by this say? Well, right. That's strategic planning. Yeah. I was going to say that we, it, it just went back to your agenda, like with funders. It's like, sometimes I wonder why we're not inviting the funders to the table. Right. Yes. To mm-hmm. me, it's something to be said about me hearing the story directly 
to understand where this yes. funding should go. Right. Yes. But yes, I think that's when we talk about like who's at the table, though. Like, right. It just goes back to assuming what the community needs. Right. Like you're you're having this community outreach. Right. You're at a community meeting. You're getting the needs of the community. Uh-huh. But like if you're the only one there, then, yeah, you are going to get through the agenda. But if the proper people are with you, backing you. Yeah. Then the agenda that's could be fulfilled true. and then money and resources can go the right places. So are we. When we're having these community meetings and we're having these types of holding these types of spaces, who is here with us to show mm-hmm. up? You know, That's it's a really it's, great question. Mm-hmm. If if Excel is like, OK, we can give money to people who need it. And then when the people who need it don't even qualify for it, I need Excel at the table saying, why don't they qualify for explain to these people why they don't. Right. And what can right. we do to shift this agenda that y'all have created? Because obviously it is still a barrier. So what are we doing about right. that? So I don't know. I, as as we move into 2021, that. I'm wishing upon more nonprofits to to stand brave in these spaces and say, like, we need all these people to show up at the table for the community in which everyone thinks that they're trying to serve. Because if not, we are failing community left and right by not having the right people at the table. Everybody on the same page. It's like we we just we not even eating at the elephant for real. Right. We just right. out here we like all over the place. Oh yeah, that's I think that's how it comes. Like, oh, that was a checkbox, right? Oh, we did that community meeting, checkbox, cool. Exactly. And we cannot exactly. live in a place to settle for the checkbox. In yep. twenty twenty one we cannot settle to be that little marker that they said that they went, Oh, well, we we sent Tosh to that community meeting. She did her part, checkbox. Right. No, like what is the actual work that needs to happen to move move agendas forward? We, mm. we got to keep working. Oh, you want to you want to wonder what this meeting's like? Come to the meeting. You're invited. Mm-hmm. It's open. Right. Come out. See, talk to these people. You can't organizations can't say that they're doing these things for people and have no idea what the people even need or want. That's right. So, that's my soapbox. <laughs> no, that's, that's really good. You know, we I have an example of a a funder, Great Outdoors Colorado, which who we refer to as GOCO, they've been amazing and they've totally shifted the paradigm that I had about what a funder looked like, acted like, mm-hmm. how they behave, you know, they, the things they say, they have, they have really raised the bar on what we should be expecting from funders, mm-hmm. from their insistence that during the planning of our our coalition efforts, they insisted that we use authentic community engagement and Mm. authentic youth engagement as a strategy, Mm -hmm. that (laughs) we don't write what we think community wants, but that there are learning conversations. There's a, a, a youth council that's empowered to make decisions about the budget, you know, just all kinds of pieces embedded in the request for proposal that helped us know that they were a different funder, but it wasn't so much that as what they did after. Mm. When I was going to various trainings like asset-based community development and workshops on justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, Uh they were there the Mm. whole time, sitting in the same space at the same table with practitioners and people from community and not saying much of anything, if at all, but listening 
and being in the space. And so that has shaped our relationship and the way we're able to collaborate with them. And it's just been a totally different partnership to have with, with such a, you know, a big funder. Mm -hmm. Um, They fund multi-year, multi-million dollars in communities outside of the trail building that they do around the state and other things that they do. Mm. So, I mean, that helped me to think this, this is possible. I'm not just dreaming or making up living in a fantasy world. Like partners, we could be working alongside partners or they could be working alongside community if they really wanted to. Mm. And I think that it is, this is a, an important time for us to say, yeah, no, we, those don't, those stipulations don't work for us mm. because that whole idea of beggars can't be choosy is out the window. We're not beggars. <laughs> exactly. We're telling exactly. what sure. we need. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just standing in the space for community and alongside community. And we're saying that's not working for us. It has never worked for us. And we're not sure where you're getting your data from, but that's not what it looks like in my neighborhood. And so here's what we suggest you do. You know, writing up these kind of like manifestos, white papers, proclamations, Mm -hmm. and, you know, coming from grassroots and from community is very powerful at a time like this and helps us kind of create the agenda, that communal agenda that hopefully funders will acknowledge and figure out how, how they need to reorganize their systems Mm -hmm. and able to better serve people Mm because they'll tell us all day that, you know, there are laws and policies with (laughs) how they have to fund and why they have to fund and their own protocol. Mm -hmm. And this is a time of, of great change and great awakening. So hopefully we can, the power that we do have will settle on us as we acknowledge it and use it to make change at the level of the funder. Mm. Mm-hmm. What, so what, what would you say that was go, different about GoCo in the sense that did they have an intentional strategy in the beginning around this? Was What was kind of that, that process, if you will, in their change or addressing it in this way? Mm. Oh, yeah. I do think they had an intentional strategy. I saw them at too many... <laughs> Too many things I was all excited about going to and then seeing a funder there. I was That was a participant, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I mean, I have no idea whether they help sponsor these things or what, but they were trying to equalize the power in the space by showing up as a participant that was there to listen. I do not know their entire organizational strategic plan, but I don't think it's by accident that they were aiming for equity. They just launched, like they just created a new, a new strategic plan this year. Mm -hmm. They vetted it through all kinds of stakeholders. So stakeholders at every level. So they were Mm -hmm. as inclusive as I've ever known a funder to be, and they took their time with it. So I I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, they did have intention around it, but it didn't just start this year. They did a statewide tour. You know, they were planning to be more equitable 
years before now. So I, I am not sure how they got here, where they are. And they're like anybody else who's really on this journey. They know that they have not arrived. <laughs> and they're very clear about that. Yet you can see that they are, their strategies are deepening in the ways that impact communities to, to help them have a sustainable path forward if they want to continue to, for in this case, the, the grant is about connecting young, the endeavor that the initiative is about connecting youth to nature and the outdoors. So, which has a lot of benefits for our youth and our community. But I, I feel like they have left enough space for the diversity that you find in various communities around the state. And so anyway, I can't imagine that their approach has been just kind of something that they stumbled on. I think that they've been intentional. The, the evidence that I can see is just preceding 2015 when they launched the what's now known as Generation Wild, but started out as the Inspire Initiative. Mm. So I know, I don't really know exactly how they got where they are today, but it's been a journey. Like it's, it's five years after that initial kind of step forward in this direction. And they're just deepening the work that they're doing around justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And Mm -hmm. you can see a little bit of that when you look at their strategic plan for the next five years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up here on um, what's what you think is the, the focus or what should be the focus strategically for funders, for organizations, for community yeah. as, as we move forward into 2021. Obviously, you know, it's still all up in the air <laughs> as far as <laughs> what it's going to really look like and how we, you know, going to going to manage in it. But what do you what do you see strategically as where foundations um, and funders need to move or organizations and community? I want to hear Sister Tanoa, <laughs> you know, agrees with this one, but I'm thinking no matter what, we need to focus on capacity building for mm. leadership. Mm. And technology is a big part of that. Mm. It is not okay that everybody cannot access Zoom now. Mm-hmm. And it's a real thing or whatever that you know, the, the shared platform is, but I would say building leadership capacity and technology. That's, that's my answer, but I love to hear what you all think. I could add to that. I would definitely agree with you. Capacity building is, is essential in any strategic planning method. And yes, technology is definitely the wave. And if we don't allow accessibility to computers and software and resources, then we'll essentially be leaving people behind and things won't be accessible. Right. So I would definitely agree with that. I would also say, too, like (laughs) it just always goes back to yourself. How are you setting yourself up for success what are mm-hmm. what are you doing to shift your mindset? Mm. Because yes. mindset is the foundational pieces that we need in order to move into an upward direction. And if we are not spiritually sound, physically sound, like yes. if we don't have all these components, none of that other stuff matters. So I would say I in a in a culmination of what you said is get set your mindset right. 2020 mm. has put us mm-hmm. in all these different 
shifts and things like that. But if you don't have your mindset behind at the forefront, you will be left behind. And I don't yeah. know about nobody else, but I'm not getting left behind in 2021. Right. I'm shifting all mindset. <laughs> I'm gathering all my thoughts. I'm taking what the time that was given to me in in this yes. in this time and allowing it to transform what's to come. Mm-hmm. So I would I definitely that. say shift shift your mindset 2021. <laughs> mm. I'm keeping that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Drop nope. the mic. <laughs> Mike drop, Jim drop. drop. You can have it, Tosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that that was a mouthful right there in and of itself because that's huge. Because strategic planning is not just something that's just for business. It is a personal thing as well in terms of your personal life and how you're going about accomplishing what you want to as a, as an individual. And then it transcends from there mm-hmm. to the community and and into the world. So definitely the development piece and and just i think as you kind of hit on again tosh in the beginning just actually sitting down and thinking and mm-hmm. planning yeah. right like yeah. we're so busy just kind of moving and accepting things as they you as know they are, are given to us or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be and we're not really intentionally thinking and planning for what we want yeah right, right. and and especially right. especially if it's not something that's instant for us mm, that right? instant if gratification we, right, right? if we can't have it like it can't, if it's not happening right, <laughs> right. now it's like it ain't happening right like we don't right. we can't plant the seed and, and say okay in a year two years three years this is going to be the outcome and really sticking to it yeah. you know what i mean until yeah. then because right. the types of changes and things that we want anyway is going to take that long right, right? Ma- majority of it you know right. what i'm saying there's some <laughs> things that may be able to be done in, along the way but yeah. the real change in and of itself really is going to take a little more time. It's not going to be something that's just overnight. So just, I think definitely being able to do that, the thinking and planning and just, just focusing and being intentional. I was being, being very intentional. That's been my thing, (laughs) right? The intention and attention. I was just about to say, I was like, when we talked last week about your intention, intentions and your, the attention you give things, right? Like, Yes. It's so important. It, I think, like, you said that last week, and it's like, that's just been a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, to live through that. Like, what am I giving attention to, and what's right. my intention behind it? So I think, I mean, and that all is a culmination of your mind shift and mm-hmm. your mindset. So mm-hmm. I think that's dope. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's dope. That mindset thing is real um, big right now as we, you know, close out this year, and and as we talk about strategic planning, that makes all the difference mm. about kind of the direction that attention and intention that they all go together there. So I think you all have said it. I know that I need to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> on a regular basis. I tune know in with us. Tune in with us. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's, you know, it's a, it's an honor. Like I said, it it's, it's, it's an honor just to have you and, you know, just being in the space. So anytime you're more than welcome, this is your space too. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Thank so you are more than welcome and we appreciate you being here. Thank, Thank you, you Tosh. It was so nice to Drew. meet you. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Tanoa. Thank you so much, Brother Paz. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you and enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right. Good All right. Night. Good, All right. Night. Good night. <laughs>